You are listening to special pandemic coverage of the coronavirus on the John DePietro. It's John DePietro. Here we are. Is um, oh my goodness, what a weather week this is. This week, this weather could possibly be the nicest uh, weather of, well, certainly so far of the year. But then sometimes as we look back, um, this weather could end up being maybe like the best weather of the entire year, of the entire summer. It is absolutely picture perfect. This is one of the reasons why, my goodness, we love June and uh, just another splendid day in store on this Wednesday. Nice and cool, good air at nighttime, uh, good sleeping weather, if you will. And then uh, right now it is the perfect 72 degrees, uh, partly cloudy, but then the sun's going to be out this afternoon. Folks, as we kick things off, and good morning, one and all, to everybody joining us on AM 1380, 99.9 FM, and also um, always online. You can always listen online at dipetro.com, the website top. You just see listen live, click on that, and you can always listen wherever you are, anywhere in the world, uh, certainly anywhere in the country and anywhere in the New England area, in our area. This portion of the program is brought to you by It's My Health, 1099. In Menden Road in Cumberland. Stop it and see my friend Marie. It's My Health is the name of her store. And if you've ever been on uh, Menden Road, you've probably even driven, driven past it. And it's that old white church. And maybe you've even wondered, holding up a photo to everybody on the Facebook Live, maybe you've wondered, I wonder what's inside there. Well, that's inside is Marie. And it's It's My Health. And she has tremendous, everything healthy, everything you would want, everything to stay healthy, remain healthy during this perilous time as we're uh, still battling the uh, COVID-19, the coronavirus. Folks, It's My Health in Cumberland. Vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies, understand quality, integrity, local products like the world-famous acai berry from our friend Angelo Aiello. Acai berry that you can buy at It's My Health in Cumberland. Stop in and see Marie. Maybe you've never popped in there, but you drive by her at 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305-3585. 305-3585. It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Acai berry. They also have honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. She has all natural ingredients. For those that are cooking, Marie has a full wall of different ingredients that you could put in to whatever it is that you're making, cooking for yourself, for your family. And it's tremendously healthy for you. Natural ingredients. She has over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices. She has hemp and CBD products. And it's amazing. She's so knowledgeable about how that could help you, whether it's to help you with a problem you have, maybe part of your body that aches, or to help you sleep. It's My Health. She also has natural skin and hair care products, essential oils, body oil, soap. She has special vitamins for children. It's My Health is the name of the store. You can call Marie 305-3585. 305-3585. Located 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. She's open right now. Next time you're going by 1099 Menden Road, pop in, introduce yourself to Marie. It's My Health in Cumberland. Well, folks, good morning. It's John DePietro. I want to say good morning to everybody on Facebook Live. Uh, we uh, have in, in, in included, excuse me, ex- expanded actually our Facebook Live. Not only do it this hour, but then we do it in the afternoon, the afternoon edition between 4 and 5. And that has become wildly uh, popular and people like that a lot. Um, and folks, if you did see it yesterday, if you ever miss it, 
you can go to the Facebook page. And now also, we've been loading the videos to the website, to Petro.com, and you can see it there as well. And if you did see it yesterday, you saw that I went right to that firehouse where that Providence firefighter made the accusations that he was racially profiled. And, folks, what we have right now is this is a very unhealthy situation. And, and, and you know, I posted on um, the Facebook posting for this, who are you with, the police or the fire? Now, the firefighters are saying that the uh, police owe them an apology. And the police, and I think rightfully so, the Providence police are saying that they owe the Providence police an apology. And I want to play for you. This was the Channel 12 story. Steph Machado, I was on the um, Zoom press briefing yesterday with uh, Public Safety Commissioner, former head of the Rhode Island State Police, Stephen Perry. As he walked through, I thought he did a very detailed analysis. But what I think is unfair, the only one that's being penalized here is one of the Providence police officers because they didn't put their body cam. They didn't uh, turn that on. And as I was saying yesterday, it is so important for police officers to have that body cam because it protects them against allegations that are made against them. I think they, they he did shut it off. One of them shut it off. One of them never turned it on. The other one shut it off, I thought, a little premature. And I think now maybe they realize, like, maybe they thought, all right, I don't need to have it on because we're dealing with a firefighter. And now they realize that they do need to have it on because then it just starts to become, who are you going to believe? The two police officers? Or are you going to believe the uh, the firefighter who's sitting in his car outside of his police station? I want to play. This was the Channel 12 report of it last night. And uh, they've been following it. It actually broke on them. Providence police say there was no racial profiling in an incident between two officers and a city firefighter just over two weeks ago. That firefighter Terrell Pache shared his accusations live <laughs> with me on air during the Black Lives Matter protest on June 5th. Late this afternoon, Providence police released some body camera footage from that encounter. One officer involved will be disciplined for not having his body camera on. And tonight we have live team coverage. Eyewitness News reporter Kim Kalunian is standing by with reaction. First, we go live to Target. 12 investigator Steph Machado with the breaking details. Steph? Public Safety Commissioner Stephen Perry said Officer Matthew Sandorsi will be disciplined for not turning on his body camera during the encounter with firefighter Terrell Pachi. But Perry said the officer did not racially profile Pachi, though he may have been, quote, a bit insensitive. I was just in full uniform. And I had my radio on and in hand. It was during the Black Lives Matter march in Providence on June 5th that Providence firefighter Terrell Pachi told an emotional story of having guns drawn on him by two Providence officers, one white and one black, while sitting in a friend's car while on duty outside the Messer Street fire station days earlier. Sorry, screaming. Where's the gun? Is there a gun? Where's the gun? And I was fudging. I'm a firefighter. I'm one of you. Don't shoot. After an internal investigation, Public Safety Commissioner Stephen Perry on Tuesday described the findings in a Zoom press conference. He says the officers were responding to a report of an armed robbery. The victims describing a red sedan. Perry says the first officer who spotted firefighter Pachi and his friend in the red car, Matthew Sandorsi, did not activate his body camera as required when he first approached. The second officer, Nathaniel Kalichi, activated his as he pulled up to the scene. You can see Sen Dorsey already pointing his gun at the red sedan. Open the door. Off, stay there. Legitimately. Stay right there. I didn't tell you to move. Stay right there. Stay right there. Firefighter. 
Perry says Officer Kalichi then turned his camera off and left to search for the actual armed robbery suspects. The rest of Officer Sandorsi's interaction then left unrecorded. But the investigation found he did speak to Pachi about the city curfew for which he was exempt as a firefighter, and then he searched the car. He was awful in asking. Anybody, any police officer can ask for a search. But I believe uh, both training and better judgment would have resulted differently. Perry said while Sandorsi's behavior may have been insensitive, he does not believe there was any racial profiling. None. They, they were drawn to the car because of the description of that car. So the answer is no, there wasn't racial profiling. None. Uh, because they didn't there was know no the racial profiling. And Commissioner Perry said police have not yet determined what the discipline will be for the officer who did not turn on his body camera, but he said it would likely include sensitivity training. Now, my colleague Kim Glunian just spoke to Firefighter Pachi and the head of the Providence Firefighters Union for their reaction to the results of this investigation, and we go now live to Kim. Let's listen to this. Well, Steph, that's right. I spoke with Pachi just a few minutes after that Zoom press briefing concluded. He tells me he stands by what he said and how he said it. How? I'm on the view. Don't shoot. He didn't to say that. Pachi's emotional speech at the Black Lives Matter rally earlier this month resonated far and wide. After watching the Public Safety Commissioner's briefing on his story Tuesday, Pachi says he's thankful that Stephen Perry said what happened to him was traumatic. It shouldn't have happened whether I was a firefighter, whether I was black. Whether I was white, whether I was Hispanic, it shouldn't have happened. Pachi and Fire Union President Derek Silva about? say part of their issue with the incident on June 3rd was that the car Pachi was in was still searched, even after both he and his female friend were cleared as suspects. Do, do you believe if the color of your skin was different, if you were white in that same moment, things would have played out differently? Uh, I can't say that for a fact, whether or not it changed because of my skin color, but I know because of my skin color, I didn't feel as comfortable in the situation. Do you believe that that body camera footage proves that he was racially profiled? I don't think we were claiming, like, no, we weren't claiming that he was racially profiled. Yes, they were. Providence Police Union, Michael Imondi, says he was disheartened that most of the blame appeared to be put on the officers, but he says the facts clear his men of any racial motivation. There is no way that racial profiling or bias was used in this car stop whatsoever. And Imondi also tells me he believes there were some other errors in Perry's recounting of that incident, including the fact that the officer who did not turn on his body camera, that he failed to notify his superiors. Imondi says that officer did, in fact, notify his bosses. Live in Providence, I'm Kim Kalunian, Eyewitness News. Now, I think that's pretty good. And folks, there's something very significant there. Suddenly now, and again, good morning, it's John DePietro. Uh, what is so significant about that? is the firefighter Pouchy and then the head of the Providence Firefighting Union. What they're basically saying is why they're upset is after he established he was a firefighter that they still started to search the car. That does not mean racial profiling. He made an accusation of racial profiling. That's that, And it was very inflammatory and it was during the march and I was there and that rocketed across the crowd that led the crowd to hurl obscenities and throw things at the police. Now they're saying, well, after he established he was a firefighter, they still searched the car. They were looking for a weapon. Um, he, they've, they've never established why he was even sitting outside the car. I asked Commissioner Perry, Public Safety Commissioner Stephen Perry yesterday, does he own a gun? Does he have 
a permit? Does he have a license to carry a firearm? He said, I never asked him that. Well, I think that's significant because he claimed he said, uh, when they came, I said, I know I can't carry a weapon on duty. Now, he never said that. First of all, when they first went up to the car, he said, I'm a police officer. Well, you're not a police officer. Then he said, I'm a firefighter. But what I'm hearing here is what they seem to be upset about is that, oh, good. We're going to talk to um, Mike in, uh, in just a moment. Oh, good. Let me, uh, great. Great. Uh, we're going to talk to him in two seconds, two minutes. Uh, the head of the FOP. That's what I'm hearing is what they were really upset about. But that's not racial profiling. That's we're we're mad and upset that you were then still searching the vehicle. That's what I'm here. I want to play that again. And that's whether I was black, whether I was white, whether I was Hispanic, it shouldn't have happened. Pachi and Fire Union President Derek Silva say part of their issue with the incident on June 3rd. Can we was just that stop that for a Pachi moment? This business of that shouldn't have happened. Excuse me. There was a 911 call. There was a man with a weapon. You had a witness that said somebody put a gun on me. That shouldn't have happened. How else, you know, this guy, how else do you approach? If you're a police officer and someone tells you there's someone in that vehicle and they have a gun, how are you supposed to approach? It has nothing to do with race. uh, Zero shouldn't have had. What do you mean? You're You're not a police officer. You're a firefighter. So don't tell them how to do their job. That is proper training. You do approach guns drawn. Even after both he That's and his female about. friend were cleared as suspects. Do, do you believe if the color of your skin was different, if you were white well, in that same question. moment, things would have played out differently? Uh, I can't say that for a fact whether or not it changed because of my skin color, but I know so because, that's why because they were of my upset. skin color, I didn't feel as comfortable in the situation. Do you believe that that body camera footage proves that he was racially profiled? It proves he wasn't. I don't think we were claiming that, no, we weren't claiming that he was racially profiled. Yes, you were. The Providence Police Union, Michael Imondi, says he was disappointed. We're going to talk to Michael in just a moment. That, you know, that Derek Silva, folks, I want to go right to the statement of... This was the night of, a, as we stand with our brother, Terrell Patchy, who was on duty in his uniform, front of the fire station, a visitor or profiled by Providence Police. 23-year-old black firefighter, gun drawn, held at him, even after he announced as a firefighter. So that's, this is really over. <coughs> Situation made clear, even in uniform, a young black man is not immune from the impact of systematic institutional racism. So that's what they were actually upset about, is that they still searched the car. Okay, and then they put out a statement yesterday. Charles accounting what happened matches the body camera footage shows Uh, that is not true. It does not match that. Even after the officer acknowledged this was not the car, the car was searched. That's what they're upset about. And that led to him going on and saying he was racially profiled. That doesn't mean so what he is is and, and, and folks, this is very significant. This is very significant. And again, good morning, everyone. It's John DePietro. What he is really claiming that they didn't want to come out and say is it's not that he was racially profiled when they came upon the car, um, guns drawn. Where he claims he was racially profiled is that after he established he was a Providence firefighter, one of the officers still searched the car for the gun. That is the point of contention. But instead of saying that, he comes off with this dramatic story of he was sitting there and then suddenly they started searching the vehicle. I think that's that's really at the heart of this matter.
Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. They're open. They're absolutely open for the season. Right off of Route 4. Look for them on Facebook. PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. You can call them at 295-4399. It's Steve, it's Debbie, it's Junior, it's Byron. And their website is prmaterials.shop. Folks, Father's Day is coming up on Sunday. They have a tremendous selection of annuals, perennials, trees and shrubs, plus gift certificates. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. And look for them on Facebook. Let me, um, I'm going to get him actually uh, right now. Michael Amandi, who is with the uh, Providence Police Union. And um, we're going to get him uh, on the air uh, right now to um, chat with us. But I think, um, to me, that's what this is, is really about, is just the fact that that's why he was upset. Not in the initially going to the vehicle, and that's very significant. It was, and see, but the other part, it's not, you know, the, the part that brings the drama is the guns drawn, and then they, you know, went up to the car and profiled him in that manner. So that's the part that really stands out, but that's not where the, uh, hi, Michael. Yeah, hey, it's John DePietro. Hold on, Michael. Folks, joining us right now, he is with the uh, Providence Police Union, and it's uh, Michael Armandi. Good morning, Michael. Officer Armandi. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Hey, Michael, um, I have been following this. Uh, obviously, uh, I was at the rally when the news broke about the situation uh, after that firefighter uh, gave his account. I was on the call with Commissioner Perry yesterday, and um, as someone that has followed this, I, uh, I think you're right. The um, they owe you an apology. He, he their accusations were that he was racially profiled. And as uh, someone that I watched the footage, I went to the fire station yesterday where this happened. Michael, he was not racially profiled. That's correct. That's our opinion. Yes. And I'd like you to also touch on um, there's two elements of Commissioner Perry's account that you feel needs to be cleared up and I wanted to give you a chance to kind of go over that a little bit. Touch on that. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about uh, the part where the second officer left before the search was conducted? Yes. Okay. So, um, I've spoken to the officers involved uh, to get the, uh, the word straight from the mouth. Yep. And uh, Officer Kalisi uh, heard
his explanation was it was, uh, you know, she was bringing him some food. That that very may well be what was taking place. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say, uh, make an assumption that I have no positive information on. You've spoken with the officers, correct? Correct. Yeah. Um, listen, I'm just gonna ask you because I've heard this from more than one source that that basically there was an aroma of uh, of cannabis in the car when they opened it up. Have you heard the same thing? If there wasn't a rumor, because I've heard many, many people say that, um, but when I talked to the two officers, they, they clearly stated to me that they did not. They did not. Okay. Because I didn't know if that would be in the police report, but I know he well, said if, she was. If, go ahead. If, if, if there was a smell of a, uh, an aroma of marijuana in the car, I would assume that that would have been put in the report. Okay. So I would assume, you know, uh, and again, we, we don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm basing what I'm telling you on what the officers told me. Okay. So. Do you know, and I asked this yesterday to Commissioner Perry on the Zoom press conference, does he own a firearm? And I'll tell you why I asked that. Because on Channel 12, he claimed he said, I don't have a fire. I, I know I'm not permitted to carry a firearm with me while on duty. Now, there's two things about that answer. Number one, I, I didn't hear him say that. The first thing he said as I watched it was you get the 911 call. You get the officer that goes and finds the witness. Uh, I retraced the step yesterday. The witness points them in the direction of there's a red vehicle. Um, they, they, to me, that is like textbook training of how police should approach a vehicle. Um, by saying, I know I'm not supposed to have a weapon with me on duty. Number one, that does not answer whether or not there's a weapon in the car. There could be a weapon in the car. What do you make of that answer? Do you know, does he have, not that there'd be anything wrong with it, but does he have a license to carry a firearm? I, I don't know the answer to that All right. Let me ask you this, Michael. And folks, again, we, with us is uh, Michael Amandi of the Providence Police Union. He claimed that that should never happen to anyone, regardless of, of race or gender or anything. Can you tell us, under police training, if you're a police officer, which you are, and you have reason to believe credible evidence of phoned in, that there's someone in the vehicle that has a weapon out who would just threaten anyone, isn't that proper police protocol that you would approach with your weapon out of the holster in, you know, uh, guns drawn, so to speak? Absolutely, 100%. So that statement of, of, you know, that should never happen to anyone, when you're in a situation, if someone has a weapon, that's when police do have to bring out the weapon. Michael, I also want to point out to people, and I don't think this was stressed enough, this was Wednesday night. That riot was Monday night. And, you know, tension was running high that Tuesday. You had a police car burned. You had officers injured. Um, in the heart of this, police were under attack. But, Michael, what this seems to come down to is when he and the union president went on Channel 12, what they seem to be most upset about is that after it was established he was a firefighter, that he then asked the female passenger, can I search the vehicle? Is that your impression that that's what they're still so upset about? Well, I mean, through the, you know, what you saw yesterday on the body one camera and the explanation from, from the commissioner on, on uh, most of the facts, um, you know, it's, it's proven 
it should have proven to everybody that it wasn't a racially motivated uh, car stop. Right. Uh, I was pointed out. So, uh, so if we take away the initial uh, issue of racism being raised and you know the firearm being pointed at them uh, for a period of time while he was outside the car, which didn't take place as well, um, to, to the extent that they said. So you take away those two biggest pieces, and now, now they they they're hitching their wagons onto the search. So you already lost the first two, right? And now you're hitching it onto the last one. So you know, it, it, it's part of the job. I mean, in a felony car stop where a firearm is involved, officers, and this would be me included, would approach that car with my firearm out, uh, and I would be justified in taking those people out of the vehicle at gunpoint, having them lay out out on the street and do a felony search, I would be justified in doing so. That did not even occur. So these officers did use some restraint. They did have some compassion once they found out who was in the vehicle. Uh, they did give professional courtesy once they found out who was in the vehicle and they probably identified them. So, yeah, and again, even you made a... Um, Miss Pope just now when you said the passenger of the vehicle, the female passenger, she wasn't the passenger, she was the driver. The driver, she excuse me, you're right. Of the vehicle. You're right. Good point. You know, so she's the owner she's the owner of the vehicle. Only she needs to be petitioned for consent to, to search the car. Right. The firefighter has no no <clears throat> no right to say whether they search or don't search. Good they point. Asked the female and the female said, Yes, I give you consent. Yep. Do you feel should he be uh, punished in some way, reprimanded? I mean, let's let's look at this. His version of events that he told on live television during a very tension-filled protest does not hold up. That did not match. He went on live television and said he was racially profiled, sitting in a car because of the color of skin. Police, Providence police, went up to him, guns drawn, and he was in full uniform. That that is not what what happened. Do you feel should he be reprimanded or punished in some way? I don't know what fire policy and procedures are. I don't know, um, you know, so I'm not going to speak on that. They have their own policies and procedures as to whether or not he should have been in the vehicle at night. If they have their own curfews during, uh, fire department curfews during the school event or whatnot. Uh, we do know that there was a curfew in place at the time. Uh, although he is exempt from it because he's an essential worker, but the female is not. Hmm. You know, so that's a good point. That's one aspect of yes. that. Um, you know, but, but again, I mean, the firefighter, and, and my issue is not so much with the firefighter. You know, his perception is what it is. And everybody's right. perception is different when you look at it. So, you know, anybody having guns drawn on them and when they're not doing anything wrong, right. is going to feel some kind of trauma. They're sure. going to feel some kind of a blow. what's going on. You know? yep. We get that. We understand that. It's all part of the nature of the business. So um, I'm not taking so much issue with with that. His perception is, you know, maybe the firearms he thought were drawn on him for an extended period of time. We as police officers understand that, you know, in a stressful situation, seconds feel like minutes, hours. So, those few seconds that he had the firearm trained on him, you know, his stress level probably went up and it, it may excuse his amount of time that he felt the firearm was pointed at him. So, I'm not going to get into that part of it because we understand that type of perception. And that may have been his. Our problem is with the way it came out, yep. the time it came out, yes. the inflammatory statements by the individuals who made the inflammatory statements, mostly the union president, yep. the mayor of Providence, and uh, you know, Councilwoman Martha's 
on board with that as well. Um, and some of the mistruths that are being put out there about our officers. Now, our officers are on the front line Friday night. While this is being aired live, yep. at the largest rally and protest about police injustice. Yes. So, I mean, it put, it put not only, you know, uh, it could have incited the crowd to uh, create a violence. And I, and, I, and I thank God that they didn't. They were very, very well uh, disciplined in their own in their own respects. And they, they conducted a very good protest, I, I, I must say. Um, but they could have erupted into a, a large, violent issue that could have easily overwhelmed us. And, you know, not only, you know, the, the citizens of Providence would have, would have paid the price for that, the businesses, the officers, and even some of the people that were protesting would have paid the price for it if it, if it erupted. Right. So I think it was very, very uh, poorly calculated as to when this could have came out and how it could have been addressed. Isn't that, I mean, I was there and I actually witnessed people as the word started to spread about it. And Michael, and again, folks, we speak of Michael Almonte of the Providence Police Union, the FOP. I, I watched some of them then yelling obscenities at the police about, quote, the firefighter. And at that time, I didn't know exactly how it had broken out, like what they were referring to. But there was reaction from that. But don't you think, isn't that like yelling fire in a crowded theater? I mean, everything he said is true as far as he was sitting in a car. He is a person of color. He is a firefighter and there were guns drawn on him. But he left out the most important part of that equation, Michael, and that is police had credible evidence and were drawn to the red car, not even knowing who was inside. Right? And he left that out during the interview. I, I find that very inflammatory. So do we. Yeah. So do we. Now, also, what I, that should be noted, and you're exactly right, what really gave this legs was the union president. Because Channel 12, who did the interview with him live, um, you know, when they reached out to him and he basically verified and gave the thumbs up, yes, that's what happened. That's what kicked it into gear. If he had said, uh, you know, we've heard a report, we're still looking into it, uh, something, you know, kind of like lets everybody calm down. But that was not the response, Michael. That really kicked it in gear because it gave the allegation a lot of credibility. Agreed. Yeah. And we took great offense to it. Now, how does he not apologize? This is a new union president, Paul Dowdy, the former Providence firefighter president, union president, retired, I think, last year. Um, mm-hmm. How how does, uh, I, I, I'm a very, someone that follows this, I'm very surprised that Derek Silva has taken this Position? Have you spoken to him? Has anyone spoken to him? It's, it seems very um, short-sighted to be to, to carry out in this manner. Especially, they've been proven that they were wrong. There was no racial profiling. Well, from what I understand, he still believes that they're right, and he believes that uh, we owe them an apology, which is not going to happen. No. So it, it's clear that you know uh, the evidence stands behind what the officers did. Yes. And behind what our officers did, um, and we are not going to apologize for being right. Yeah, no, you weren't. And again, I, uh, I think the way that they handled it. Let me also just ask this. Let's just say you're in a situation like that and you're one of the officers and the person in the vehicle. Not only do we see them with a weapon, but if someone then points their weapon at a police officer, does that basically 
green light the police officer to open fire on who it is that's putting a firearm at them? Well, I think uh, each individual officer would have to make that determination as to whether or not um, lethal force is necessary at that point. I mean, Eve, listen, I've had firearms pointed at me in the past, uh, and I was able to de-escalate de- de- and, and uh, find the fire, take the firearm and, and arrest the subject. So, yep. um, you know, and I'm sure there are many stories out there uh, like that as well. So it all depends on the individual officer and the the level of tension involved uh does that give you the green light to uh you know if you feel your life is in jeopardy uh there is a threat to your life or the life of uh, another citizen yeah i believe you're justified in using whatever force is necessary to stop that michael let me ask you this and again folks we're speaking with michael Armani, the providence police union i know we all want to say in the media and everyone's reporting it was a peaceful rally but again i was there i walked over uh, in the middle of that, doing a Facebook Live with the protesters from Kennedy Plaza over to the State House. Um, there were 10,000 people there. It was far more crowded than anybody had thought. Those were professional activists, by the way, that organized that whole thing. And I recognized them. Um, they were also trying to antagonize the crowd. But here's what I saw. As a police officer, but what does it say to your family? I mean, you're someone's son. Uh, I don't know if you're married, have children, but you're someone's potentially brother, friend. But when you see these signs, you know, I can't even use the language, uh, you know, blank the police, blank, you know, cops are murderers, all this other stuff. I saw people, it was like a free pass to just yell, ex, 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 um, you know, um, obscenities at the police. It was almost like people that think they're in the, you know, behind the uh the opposing team's bench at Gillette Stadium, you know, and it's it's a, it's like a free pass to yell whatever they want at the other team. Um, because of the training of the police and the Providence police, that's why that situation didn't escalate. But no one should mistake him. That is a tension-filled atmosphere that your men and women put up with in something like that. Yes, there is. Um, you know, and in... You hit on a couple of key points. You know, our families are very concerned for our, our safety and yes. being obviously they would be. Uh, and this just brings to light as they see everything that's going on, not only in Rhode Island, but across the country, and how police officers are being attacked. Um, you know, there's great concern. I mean, there's, you know, they, you have, I have some family members that are telling me, you know, that maybe it's time for you to retire and get out of the, out of the profession. Hmm. Well, I love the profession. Yep. I love what I do for work. I love the men and women of the police department. I love working with my, uh, you know, out in the community with people. Um, so I have a good relationship with everyone, and, and I just enjoy what I do. And that's the, that's the feeling why most police officers become police officers. You know, we feel a responsibility, and you know, we, we take that on. And we just want to, you know, be able to do our job, have the support of the community and the uh, administrations that we work for, and, you know, just, uh, keep everybody safe and secure. And... You know, in such situations such as this, uh, we're put at a higher risk uh, when you said, as you said, uh, professional protesters come in, yes. mostly from out of state, and uh, infuriate the crowd. Uh, for the most part, <clears throat> the people who, who uh, you know, create these rallies and, and organize these rallies uh, have, have good intention. You know, they, they just want to have their voices heard and they want their message to get across. And uh, we as police officers, we understand that. That's your constitutional right. And we're there to make sure that you're safe. 
safe. Nobody interferes with your with your rallies. And you know, what happens is you have these these uh, other special interest groups that that come in and uh, infiltrate your group and stand behind the front line of your group and. Like you say, yell at these expletives and throw their rocks and bottles from behind the cover of the actual people who are doing the protest for all the right reasons. Right. You know what else I think is unfair? And I'll let you go in a moment. Folks, again, we're speaking with Michael Armani, the Providence Police Union, is because um, I and I, I just think the media is to blame here because I was there and I watched that there were some people and people don't realize this. There's, and there's not one or two. There's like 100 of them or more. And what they do is they stand right where the National Guard is or where the police line is. And they stand there for over an hour. And they are spitting at them. They're yelling obscenities. They're insulting them. They're making everything you can imagine. And the law enforcement has to just stand there. You know, Michael, the the media, if, if you had one police officer that lost his temper and maybe got into a scuffle, they would make a huge deal, even if it was just one out of 100. Yet, you can have 100 of these protesters. And then when I mention it to other members of the media, they'll say, well, you know, that's just a couple. Most of them were peaceful. I think it's a terrible double standard that goes on right now with the coverage under the guise of, you know, peaceful protests. Michael, there's nothing peaceful when people feel it's their free pass to walk up and I mean, be five feet away from police and yell "blank you." Yeah, well, I have, I have to agree with you. Um, you know, there, we have over throughout the country, we have over three hundred million calls for service a year. Yeah, and the amount of instances where there is improper use of force or deadly force used um, is small in comparison to the amount of interactions that we actually have. Right. So, and, you know, just like any other organization or group that, it, that, that thinks they're being unfairly uh, targeted or labeled or whatnot, the same is happening to us. So, you know, the ones who are preaching uh, this uh, bias and this um, disproportionate um, profiling that they say goes on and whatnot, uh, and not just that one group, but other other groups out there uh, is what I'm saying. Or the majority of groups out there saying that you know, police officers are bad, police officers are this, that, and the other thing. Uh, they're doing the same exact thing that they're claiming that we do. You're right. So how do two wrongs make a right? That's if you right. come to the table together yep. and say, hey, look, you know, I understand what you're saying. Know, understand my position as well and let's see if we can come somewhere and meet in the middle and find a common ground mm. but that's not the dialogue that's going on no the it's dialogue not. is defund police get yep. rid of cops cops are bad this is terrible that's the conversation that's going on out there amidst, the, you know, amidst all of this violence yes that's going on but nobody says anything about the violence you're right and the amount of officers that are being shot and killed during this violence, that yes. are being injured during this violence. Yep. That's all okay in the media's eyes. You're right. No, you're absolutely it's right. It's not okay to us. We have families. We are humans. Yes. Everybody that's involved in this whole incident, this whole event, on both sides of it, we are all part of the human race. Hmm. Okay? It, no racial bias in that statement. No, We're no. part of the human race. Okay? And until we all start to understand that, well, then I guess it's just going to continue on to be this way. Hmm. But cooler heads have to prevail if you want progress. 
One one last thing before I let you go. And again, folks, speaking of Michael Amani, Providence Police Union, I want you to know the people are with you. The citizens are with you. The taxpayers are with you. We need the police. We respect the police. We support the police. But what I find so troubling is that was he went there to the rally. He had his statement. I don't know if he prepared it. Someone prepared it for him because he was reading it. That rocketed out. That video of him on Channel 12 was then shared on social media. That was seen over one million times. And then I demonstrated a video that basically said police are denying the allegation, saying that that didn't happen, was only viewed 1,000 times. That seemed orchestrated. That seemed, I, I, I still can't believe that that was done in that atmosphere. I mean, the, only because of the Providence Police and the training, 10,000 people, that easily could have turned into gasoline on a fire of a mob. And it, it really could have turned deadly. It absolutely could have. That's unforgivable. That really is. Wow. So uh, to touch on, on, on something you said, that you said that, you know, the people, the, the citizens uh, support us. We are. The we do. Us. Uh, the only, the only um, thing I can say on that is the loudest voices are being heard. Yep. So if the You're citizens right. support us and, you know, businesses and, and all these other community leaders and everything support us. They need to convey that message to the, uh, you know, politicians that they support us because the loudest voices right now are ones being heard. They may not be the majority of the people out there. They may be a smaller group, but they're the ones being heard and they're the ones that are driving this uh, defund the police and abolish police uh, message that's out there. So if the citizens are truly behind us and they, they care about this issue, they need to start reaching out to their politicians as well to let that be on. You're right. And then just finally, you know, that Alley's Donuts, he switched his policy based on that firefighter's account, which is proven to be not true. You have that, and then you have someone like Ron's Pastry Gourmet that says, guess what? Free coffee for police and military, and we support the police. So you do have some people that do step up and uh, support right. you. Michael, listen, I'm going to talk to you um, after the program. Um, I want to continue to give you the exposure. As someone that followed it, you, you are owed an apology. The police are. Your version of events has stood up. The firefighters' version of events have not held up after this investigation. So, listen, keep up the good work. Uh, we support you, and I'll talk to you very soon. Thank you. All right, folks, there it is, Michael uh, Amanti of the Providence Police Union. And that is um, a very, very uh, difficult thing that they've been going through. And I don't blame them for being upset. I don't understand the end game here with um, the firefighters other than now they're moving into, yeah, well, they shouldn't have searched the vehicle. And he said, well, you know, that's because the other things they were saying kind of fell. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. It's Scott and Alex. They want to save you money. Call them 401-353-9300, located 1529 Middle Spring Avenue in North Providence. It's A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. (coughs) Excuse me. They can help you save money on life insurance, uh, insurance on your home, your business. And this time of year... By the way, they are licensed Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and in Florida. This time of year, you want to make sure you have proper insurance and you're covered as far as your motorcycle or jet skis or an RV or maybe an off-road vehicle. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. It's very simple. Let them help you save money. If they save you $100, $200 a month, it's like giving yourself a raise. 
They save you 100 a month. Guess what? You just gave yourself a raise of $1,200 a year. Maybe you can afford that vacation you were thinking of. How about $200 a month? That's like saving 25. Uh, here's $2,500 extra dollars a year. A.E. Mazika Insurance Company. Look for them at Facebook and also their website is aemazika.com. 1529 Mill Spring Avenue in North Providence. You can call them at 353-9300. 353-9300. It's A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Well, folks, right now at 1150 now. Coming up next hour, Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe is going to join me. And then Governor Mundo press briefing is coming up at uh, 1 o'clock today. At 1 o'clock today, we are going to carry it. And uh, we need to find out. There's a lot of things that, you know, you are seeing around the country, certain states, that their numbers are shooting through the roof. Uh, People are not wearing masks. You have in uh, Florida, different places, in Nashville. Young people are now really spreading the virus. I don't understand it. I'm used to wearing the, the mask. Folks, it seems pretty simple. If you do distance and wear a mask and hand sanitizer, you can't have a bunch of people grouped together. Uh, you can avoid the virus. But in certain states, it is absolutely through the roof right now. And many young people are the ones that are getting it, testing positive, and they could then be carriers and passing it to people. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought by Competition Shooting Supplies. You know, someone said, uh, what uh, was asking me, uh, what is a... Um, a place, a firearms dealer locally that I would recommend. And folks, I always say the same thing. John Francis, Competition Shooting Supplies. You can call them at 727-1716, 727-1716, Competition Shooting Supplies. Located 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. You know, when they're talking about defunding the police, and you're seeing different examples where they want to send a social worker out on a bicycle you know, to uh, talk with someone. It, it is ludicrous, some of these things they're talking about. You will need to protect yourself, your family, your home, your business. Stop in and see John Francis at Competition Shooting Supplies. 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Call him at 727-1716. If you've never owned a firearm, maybe now is the time. And he'll help you walk through what you have to do, the proper paperwork to uh, get the proper... Uh, you need a license to carry a firearm and uh, be able to obtain it. Competition shooting supplies. It's 435 Benefit Street. Also, he is so knowledgeable as far as whether it's long guns or uh, handguns or pistols, ammunition, everything. Competition shooting supplies. 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Well, folks, right now at 1152, it's... Uh, it's John DePietro. Now, again, we will be doing a Facebook Live. Here's the, uh, we're going to have the 12 o'clock news. Then Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe is going to join me coming up at noon. And then Governor Mundo uh, press briefing. But this, um, this situation, I, I, don't, I don't understand the actions of the Providence firefighters in this one. Because the story that he told, the story that that firefighter told during a live anti-police rally... Did not hold up. I'm telling. He was not racially profiled. He made. I, I, I'm sure it was traumatic. He's sitting in a car with a woman. He supposedly was on duty. He claimed she was bringing him food. He wasn't inside the fire station. They went up. He claimed he was racially profiled, even though he identified himself as a firefighter. That is not the way it panned out. They were searching, looking at the vehicle. They see two people inside. As I explained, I think the uh, firefighter in the Firefighter Union, I, I think they need to apologize to the Providence Police. Obviously, the Providence Police feel they need to apologize. But the
the way that they described that and set that up did did not does not hold up. You know, that story that broke on a Friday and then went into Saturday on Saturday, um, you had two versions of what happened. You had the police version where they said there was no racial profiling. You had all these people release the body cam footage, release the body cam footage. And now they're silent that weekend. That Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, the voices were so loud. Release the body cam footage. They did that. They profiled him, the color of his skin. You know, I hate to say this, but I think a lot of those people, they wanted that to be true. They wanted that to be the case. <coughs> and and now that it's not true, um, now they're silent. And then that's wrong. And much like, you know, I didn't get into it with the Michael Armandi, the police. But, folks, you know, we've all heard about the shooting in Atlanta. And that led to, you know, they burned down the Wendy's and all this rioting. And then you watch the footage. So there's somebody passed out at a Wendy's drive-thru behind the wheel, passed out, not moving. What do they do? They call law enforcement. They go to the vehicle. He seems could be intoxicated, right? Um Whatever his condition was, this man, he should have maybe pulled over somewhere and then maybe he was just there, but he was in the drive-thru, passed out. So as the police are then going to apprehend him, and I don't know enough, maybe there wasn't enough to bring him in, but whatever reason, he starts to fight with them. He's fighting the police. If you've seen the video, he, he grabs the stun gun from one of the officers, and then as he's running away, he points the stun gun <coughs> excuse me, at the police, and they shoot and kill him. What seems lost now is that he's fighting with the police and takes their weapon, takes the stun gun away. That now is suddenly like barely you have to search in the story to find that part because the old narrative they're pushing is another, uh, you know, uh, young man of color who was the same age of the police officer was shot and killed by police. But what are the police supposed to do? I, I don't. The media has got to step up. And represent both sides. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Ron's Pastry Gourmet. What are you doing for lunch today? Why not pop by 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence? It's Ron and Melissa. Pick up. There's a Trump rally Saturday night. They have uh, Trump chocolate donuts. They have Trump cupcakes. They have Trump soda. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Sausage and pepper. Eggplant. Meatball calzones. Buffalo chicken calzones. Pizza strips. Cannolis. Brownies. Ron's pastry gourmet look for them on facebook they're easy to get to right off of silver spring street next to triple a in providence it's ron's pastry gourmet 170 royal little drive look for them on facebook uh and pick up some delicious treats today and free coffee for police and fire the, uh, for, excuse me Free coffee for police and military because Allie's is no longer offering that. You know, I didn't even get into the fact Allie's changed their policy based on what that Providence firefighter said, how he was racially profiled because of the color of his skin in uniform in front of his station. It wasn't his car. He was in the passenger seat. Uh, It was 1130 at night. Um, And once they realized who he was, they realized he was not the suspect. They did put their guns away. And look at Matt. Hey, everybody. Matt here. How Matt changed his policy based on the story of the Providence firefighter, Terrell Patchy, that has not held up. And uh, Commissioner Perry basically shot it down yesterday. 
that that did not happen. He was not racially profiled. They were looking at the vehicle. It could have been two old women sitting in there. All they know is there were they were a report of a of uh, two people in a vehicle. One of them had a, a weapon, or both of them did. I think when they said one person had a gun, the other person had a knife. And uh, they didn't know who they were approaching. This portion of the John DePietro show is brought to you by Ryan's Appliance Repair. Remember what we say, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. 401-710-7096. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Repairs on all makes and models of appliances. Remember, whether it's your washing machine or your dryer or your stove or oven, Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401 710-7096. Repairs on all makes and models of appliances. Call Ryan. If your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Uh, senior citizens discounts are available. All work is guaranteed for 90 days parts and labor serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's in Saturday appointments. Ryan's Appliance Repair. 401-710-7096. Well, folks, this um, that's what it breaks out to. Police and fire. The good news, it should be good news for the police, is the fact that that did not happen. And I, um, it, it is concerning that seemingly, as you heard him say, his beef seems to be with this Derek Silva with the Providence Firefighters Union. That's who they seem to have the beef with as far as the police. Uh, I asked Commissioner Perry, and he said, I can't get into the mind of the firefighter other than, than um, he was traumatized. But when he went on live television... On Channel 12, he knew that they had actually been looking for someone, uh, an unarmed suspect, and he still went and did that. I, I don't, um, I, I don't think that police officer should be punished. All right, folks, it's Sean DePietro again coming up the 12 o'clock news. On the other side, stay tuned. Next hour, Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, Governor Amundo, the Gina Show press conference coming up at one o'clock. Remember, go to the website depetro.com. We will be doing a Facebook Live this afternoon between four and five, so you can enjoy that on the Facebook page. Uh, but go to the website depetro.com. You can listen live that way. Right now, it's twelve o'clock.